Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short, about a 13-minute Bible study every day, getting us into God's Word, helping, helping us to stay focused on our relationship with God, on our soul's salvation, to keep a good, more spiritually focused mindset, to be able to deal with life every day, but also to help us stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We always encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can every day. Help somebody turn their life around. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But share with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. Great blessing for them, but also that would be a great blessing for you. So make up your mind and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to finish up this series that we have been looking at of studies asking first the question, can God save a crook? Well, as I've emphasized, that's simply a representative designation of sinful practice or sinful lifestyle. Can God save a murderer? Can God save an adulterer, an adulteress? Can God save a liar? Can God save... You fill in the blanks. And as we looked at that first section of this study, the answer is a resoundingly yes, yes. If somebody will come to God through Jesus Christ in repentance of their sins, true, true repentance, a change of mind that leads to a change of life, then they can be baptized into Christ and the blood that is shed on the cross will at that point cleanse them of the guilt of their sins. They'll be forgiven of all the sins of all their past life, and they will be saved in Christ, and they will be able to look forward to with confidence an eternal home with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Now again, eternal home, as long as they continue to live faithfully and obediently before him. The obedience part, the faithful part, which means obedience, which means continual, consistent dedication and commitment to live the Christian lifestyle, the godly lifestyle. There's where a whole lot of people fall short. They don't want to have to make that commitment. Now, they want the forgiveness. They want the eternal life. They want to be saved in Christ. They just don't want to have to live the life of a person who is saved. They want to still be able to at least dabble in sinful practices and still be okay. They don't want to have to make the commitment of really having to be at church services every Sunday? Really? And what about Wednesday night? Really? Do I need to be there more than one? Do I need to be there even every week? What about sleeping in? What about playing golf? What about going to the zoo? Or what about reading the paper, just relaxing? Well, you know, they don't want to have to make that commitment, not fully. But Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9 tells us, speaking of Jesus, that though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author or source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. You see, obedience is central to living the Christian life. Obedience is central to living the life of a forgiven person, 
of someone who is saved, of someone who is in Christ, truly? Well, where are you? We talked about how the men from the tribes of Reuben and Gad, when the nation of Israel was about to cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land and begin the conquest of that land, that the men from those two tribes, Reuben and Gad, said, you know, this land over here is good for us, for what we do. We'd like just to have this as our inheritance. And Moses said, uh, you, you want to just stay here and let your brethren, the other 10 tribes, go over there and fight all the battles without you? And the men from Reuben and Gad said, no, 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 that's not what we mean. Just let us get our families established here, and then we will go. And I believe the text actually says, we'll go in the forefront. We'll go and fight all the battles with all of the rest of the tribes. And Moses said, okay, if you'll really do that, then you can have this land over here on this side of the Jordan for your inheritance. But if you do not do what you're committing to do, then be sure your sin will find you out. Well, repentance, repentance on our part means not just a verbal statement. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of life. And that precedes being able to be forgiven. But once forgiven, we still have to live that life that demonstrates our repentance. John, the cousin of Jesus, talked about that. Bear fruit that demonstrates your repentance. You need to make up your mind. Do you want to be in heaven for all of eternity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Or do you want to spend eternity in the condemnation and the eternal punishment and torment of hell? It's a no-brainer. A lot of people are arrogant about it, and they think, oh, well, okay, I'm just going to live the life I want to live. If I end up in hell, I end up in hell. No, they will regret for all of eternity that arrogant mindset. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14 and verse 6. When asked on Pentecost, what shall we do? By Jewish men who had rejected Christ, but now they've heard the gospel message of forgiveness and salvation through their Savior, whom they had rejected. And Peter responded and said, repent. You've got to repent. You rejected Jesus. You've got to accept him. You disbelieved in him. You've got to believe in him. You walked away from him. You've got to come to him. You've got to understand. You've got to accept. You've got to come to him for forgiveness and salvation. He is your savior, your only savior. So Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Why? Because there is no other savior. In chapter 4 and verse 12, he said, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men. And then in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, when Jesus sent Ananias, a Christian man, to teach Saul of Tarsus, who had been a terrible, violent enemy of the church and of Christ, Ananias came to him and said, why are you waiting? 
Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. The way, the way, the only way to forgiveness and salvation and peace that goes therewith is through our Savior, Jesus Christ. You think you're not a crook? You think you're okay? No. As we have pointed out, in text after text after text after text from Scripture, we're all guilty of sin until we come to Christ, until we've been baptized into him so the blood that he shed on the cross on our behalf can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. Just because you're not a crook or an adulterer or an adulteress or a murderer or a, someone who lies all the time at the drop of a hat or whatever other sinful practice or lifestyle you might want to name, you're still a sinner because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and verse 23, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, but you've got to come to Christ. You've got to be baptized into him so the blood that is shed on the cross can cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 20, the Apostle Paul wrote this, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Come back into a right relationship with your Creator, your Heavenly Father. For he made him, that is, God made Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. How did Christ become sin for us? Not sinful, but how did he become sin for us? He bore the guilt of all of our sins, all mankind, for all time, and that includes your sins. That includes my sins on his physical body as he hung on that cross. How repulsive that must have been. Because you see, Jesus is God the Son. He hung on that cross sinless, never having committed a single sin, even in human form as he lived upon this earth. And yet he bore all of the guilt of all of the sins of all mankind for all time. He bore, even ahead of time, the guilt of your sin and my sin on himself as he died on that cross. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. God's love, God's grace is seen in that sacrifice of his own son for us. God's, God exhibits his own love toward us, demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can God save a crook? Yes. You're not a crook. You're still a sinner in need of forgiveness and salvation through Christ. We'd like to help you come to that salvation. 
We'd be glad to talk with you, to pray with you, to study with you, to send you Bible study material if you'll ask us. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and you can contact us that way. We'd love to send you a free Bible study through the mail, free. We don't want you to send us anything for it. It is free. We don't charge anybody anything to teach the gospel of salvation. Or you can phone us, 402-498-8397, 402-498-8397. If you're in the Omaha area, you can come and worship and study with us in person and grow spiritually at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. Bible classes on Sunday morning at 9.30, worship at 10.30, Sunday evening worship at 6 o'clock, and midweek Bible classes on Wednesday evenings at 6.30. We'd love to meet you, get to know you, let you get to know us. We'd like to help. God can save you through Jesus Christ, if you'll come to him, his way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for letting us love you. Thank you for being patient with us while we're still alive in this earth and giving us the opportunity to repent of our sins and come to you for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. Help us to take that step. Help people all over the world to see that they need to take that step and grasp the eternal hope, the promise of eternal life that you offer to all mankind. Please, Father, at this time we pray. Please forgive us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.